0: Welcome to the SimWits Podcast. My name is Paul Hill. I'm joined today by my co-host, Ryan Fisher. What's up, everybody? Today, we are talking about the most important episode yet, your first race.
1: This one's going to be fun. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, this is going to be great. So, we're going to start basically right at the beginning of your race. You've already qualified, and it's time to get out on grid. So, Ryan... What's the first thing you do once you're on grid?
1: All right. So the first thing that I do when I get on grid is I basically run through my mental checklist one last time. I get my nerves in check. I get my emotions in check. And I basically just tell myself to stay calm. And the main goal for every race that I race is to survive. So stay calm and survive are my main two things that are going through my head when I'm sitting on grid.
0: That should pretty much be the same whether you're a rookie or a veteran. I mean, I I do the same thing. I go through a mental checklist myself, you know, set a goal for myself. What is my goal for this race? And then I pretty much race my race trying to obtain that.
1: Yep. And you can also, I also like mentally prepare myself to die in turn one because it's racing and that happens sometimes. So be mindful that you can die lap one, turn one, or just lap one in general. So yeah. be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Rookie rookie racing especially for you guys because that's kind of what we're focusing this around. You can do everything we're about to tell you right now 100% correct to the T and still not finish your race because that's motorsport. You know, there are some variables outside of your control. So don't be discouraged if that does happen to you. You can always load into another one. It's virtual racing. No harm, no foul
1: yep i uh i had a race where every wreck that happened i just happened to be in it and i i ended up dqing myself by the end of the race and i just was like well this is the track i took the risk and this is the reward that i got and it wasn't good
0: it it, it happens but we're gonna start green flag guys we're gonna start You've done your, uh, usually depending on your series, I think rookie series are standing starts. I do want to cover that briefly. Some of them are. Super, yeah, some of them are. So can be scary. All you guys can do is dump the clutch and go really in the Miatas. There's no really good way to do it. it I mean, I think open is a little different, but not, me or Ryan don't really race those. So for the sake of this podcast, we're going to say you do your one lap around the track that we normally do, your pace lap and you're at the green flag. What's the first thing you do, Ryan? The green flag's waving. You're in your position. You're going.
1: All right, so just a little before the green, I start like putting my head on a swivel, checking my mirrors and stuff to make sure like people that have qualified behind me aren't trying to run through the field for whatever reason. So I just put my head on a swivel, and then as we take the green, I really start to like start looking around and start trying to make game plans for exit routes if stuff goes haywire. So just like I said earlier, keep your head on a swivel and survive turn one. That is the main goal right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Turn one is definitely the most dangerous. The thing that I keep in mind, I don't necessarily have to keep myself in check anymore with this in the sense of worrying about, my driving habits, but cold tires, turn one, lap one, huge X factor and bad news. So, especially at a turn uh, track, let's just say for a good example, Virginia International Raceway, Ryan's home track, turn one has a high speed straightaway into a really hard right. A lot of people don't take into effect, especially in rookie, cold tires. So, make sure you brake early. Make sure you don't break so early that the guy behind you rear ends, rear ends you. But just in case someone goes in too deep, they end up backwards on the track. You give yourself a buffer to get around them. That's kind of what we're talking about with your head on a swivel. Be be defensive in that first lap. Protect yourself, protect your equipment. You'll have a good race from there, usually.
1: Basically, my first, my goal for the first lap is survive and if I can, maintain starting position. If I gain spots, cool. If I lose spots, cool. It's the beginning of the race, no big deal. Got plenty of race to to go.
0: It's even in a rookie race, it's like lap one of usually eight or nine, depending on the track. So you're better off just letting by the the you know basket case and just keeping your car together.
1: Like we like, like we've said multiple times, trust your speed and just race your own race because that that's how you finish. Like we're not caring about we are we do care about finishing position, but at the end of the day we just want to survive and have fun and finishing position doesn't really matter for those two criteria.
0: Exactly. You know, you can have a great race whether you finish first or ninth. As long as you hit your marks, you get a zero X or you know low incident count and you feel like you improved and learned something, that's a good race. Exactly. Big big thing too, I do want to touch on um, for yourself as a rookie because you won't have quite as much time as Ryan or I do driving things with cold tires. A good mindset to have is try to reference your qualifying if you did qualify for kind of how the car reacts on cold tires because that's about the only practice you'll truly have in that condition of that lobby because you know they do another thing i don't know if we mentioned is i-racing does change the track temp sometimes for practice session to like your race lobby so it's a good thing to just kind of reference like okay how squirrely was the car during my outlap and qualifying and i just would, kind of keep that in mind
1: i would say i this is the advice i would give my team is go into a session and start from the pits, run two laps, kill it after the start-finish line of the second lap, and stop, reset, request to, like get all the way out of the car, request a new car, so it has fresh tires, go out, do another two laps. You can reference how it's going to feel in qualifying in the first two laps of the race by doing that. You can practice it like that. That's what I would do. I have done that before. I do that all the time, actually. That's pretty smart. We just basically go out there and see how hard you can push the car without spinning yourself out
0: Because uh especially in rookie you'll you'll notice that a lot of people think they can make because you're all bunched up in those low power cars they think they make up the most positions in lap one is a huge misconception whereas like we've been saying trust your pace trust your speed you'll get those positions back or you'll lose those positions anyway even if you try to get them all in lap one so it's best just to kind of let things fall where they may lap one and just trust your pace
1: exactly and ending lap one like when i'm coming across the line or going down the start finish straight of wherever we're at i I tend to relax my hands on the wheel like move my hands around detense everything up take a deep breath gather my thoughts and then i start like I try to start getting in a rhythm for like hitting my marks every lap. And because when I start getting in a rhythm, that's when the speed starts compounding. You just start feeling the car and it just keeps going. So, what do you like? When do you start getting in a rhythm, Paul? Do you do like lap three, four?
0: I mean, you definitely want to try to get in a rhythm as fast as you can, guys. Like Ryan said, lap two is usually about the time the tires are fully, almost fully heated up. So you can start kind of pushing the car. So I'd say probably lap two, two and a half, like halfway through that lap. I'm like, okay, I now trust the tires to be hot. I want to hit my marks like I've been practicing in practice lobbies like we mentioned in previous podcasts. So I'd say probably lap two and a half. um, But I don't really hit pace usually myself personally. I take a second. About halfway through the race is when I really come on. I don't really worry, like Ryan said, about the first half of the race. I kind of let the crazy ones by let them race each other pick up my positions in the back half of the race is usually what i do trust my pace yeah
1: so i think this is where my real life uh experience like plays a part because like lap two is when i start lap two and lap three are when i like start getting on it to start going to the front because i'm I feel like I'm more comfortable around traffic than Paul is sometimes. And that's just being in traffic. Like, that's just time. So I tend to go a little quicker, sooner in the race than Paul does.
0: But, yeah, I usually wait to about the halfway mark. Uh, My big reason for that, and I think it's good advice for a rookie, is it allows the sorting order of the cars to Mm. kind of... Settle. i never thought of that kind of come with it yeah that makes sense by by that point everyone's kind of settled they think they're good they think they've got their position and i can usually catch people sleeping and they don't expect you to kind of push them halfway through the race so oftentimes they'll either let you by or your pressure will cause them to make a mistake because they're just trying to get to the end now because they're like oh i survived the beginning I'm in the middle and then I'll turn it on for the end whereas I usually catch them in that middle spot and then I trust my pace and by the end I've usually created a pretty strong buffer or I'm catching whatever my goal may be at that point.
1: And I'll give you a little bit of background thought into the their thought process of letting them letting you pass them. They think they're going to catch you because you've burned your tires up and they've been saving their tires and then they're going to wait till like five minutes to go and try and run you down from five seconds back. That's what that thought process is about.
0: Bad thought processes. Bad. And nine times out of ten, too, especially in road. Now, oval is a different game, but in road, um, in the middle, they think you're going to make a mistake or something because you're pushing at a weird time. And by the time they realize that you're just running your laps or running your pace, it's too late for them. So... Not every time, especially in Miatas and GRs, because of how slow they are, you can't like run, run away, but you can usually create a well enough buffer to not have to stress about them and keep keep your eyes towards the towards the front, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I I keep getting into like GT four, GT three type scenarios in my head. I'm so I'm sorry for that, everybody.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's fine. I get it. So that does kind of bring us to a couple points I want to make about from like lap two till the final three laps. Check your pace. I know that sounds weird. I don't mean check as in you ch- check up, but check how at. your laps are looking to the cars around you. Is the guy behind you running a faster lap? Is he running a slower lap? Is the guy in front of you running a slower lap? Kind of judge how quickly you're either going to catch the car in front of you or how quickly the car behind you is catching you, or fading away from you, then that can kind of help you judge what you need to be doing through that middle section of that race. You know, racing is a lot of reacting, or observing and reacting, so make sure you're checking your pace, seeing where you fall in the pecking order, and if you do happen to have a faster car behind you, don't try to fight him. If he's running faster laps, and we're not talking about like a tenth or two tenths. We're talking half a second. like Half a second and up. Uh, yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't try, don't try to, fight to fight
1: them. Just let them stay behind them and see where they're fast and help them. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, we're not saying make any crazy. Just like give them the position. Make them have to catch you. But don't be doing no crazy blocks. It's not worth it. You're just going to cause a wreck or slow down. Yourself and that other guy to where someone else can catch you. So,
1: yeah, my thought process has always been if someone's faster and they catch you, let them buy and see where they're faster and use their draft to keep your speed up and just follow them wherever they go. Simple as that.
0: Literally. Yep. Uh, and then another thing through lap two to the final bit, and I mean, it applies to every lap, but look out for the spin outs. They happen. True Chief here is Clutch. Ryan and I both run it. You can go into the settings tab of it and you can turn on the frequency that it warns you of things. Huge benefit. Make sure you turn on uh crashes and I think uh incidents. You can turn that to like 10 and it'll tell you every time someone spins out, no matter where they are on the track and their name.
1: Please do that because Paul race to race with a guy who Okay, let me preface this. This is Bathurst, 12 hours of Bathurst. Lap two, three, four, five, five, lap five. We'll say lap five. Dude comes around like the first turn to go up the mountain and that's like, you can't see it. That's a blind corner. Dude turns the corner, track's blocked. And then he screams at everybody in Discord because nobody, Paul was working on his PC. I wasn't even racing. I was just sitting there helping Paul work on his PC and he screams at us and I'm like, dude, you didn't run Crew Chief like, why so don't be that guy yeah. that doesn't run a spider at all run even the i-racing spider if you have to
0: yeah he won't be quite as useful but do run it
1: yeah it, it, he's free he's there's no setup for him so like if you're really dying to get out on track you can use i-racing screw chief but we suggest we you get you download crew chief
0: crew chief is free it, it, it literally costs you zero dollars it's just 30 seconds to download yeah, yeah to set up so uh no excuses sorry, right. so, so
1: what do you do so like let's say we're in a 10 lap race and we're on lap six it's in my eyes that's not far that's f- too far away to start pushing like from the end so like what is your thought process like what What do you how are you trying to manipulate the car to still maintain speed while the car is in like that weird transitional phase? Like, what do you do? Do you change your line? Are you like moving around searching for speed, or are you just like trying to hit your marks?
0: So, what Ryan is speaking to for the rookies, because you probably won't experience it with the GRs or the Miatas because you'll be able to just run the same line in a 15 minute race. But when you guys start getting to a higher like speed car, there's like a middle part of the race where the car becomes either extremely loose or tight depending on what you drive because of the fuel inside the car makes the car unsettle. Basically the fuel height, um usually through that section of, of a race Ryan, I I try to just kind of keep back up my marks and try to find an earlier apex so I can just roll power more. So I guess I do adjust my lines to when the car because usually for me my car gets tight because I run a very loose setup car when I run an open setup car. I like to drive with the rear end, not the front end. So usually my car becomes super tight when the fuel comes out of it for some reason. I I don't know why, but um that's usually my struggle. And then I do want to touch on for you guys kind of breaking down passing Yeah. Rookie.
1: We've been talking about it Uh, a lot, but we haven't even broken down how, like, our thought process behind it.
0: Exactly. So I do want to touch on this. I'm going to let Ryan lead. This is where our coaching once again splits. So you have to decide (laughs) which person you agree with. But are you know, honestly, take a mixture of both of our advice. It might make one like super, super nerd. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Hey, every Uh, let me preface this. Everybody has their own. Driving style and passing style. So, like this, this took me like two hours, like two and a half, three hours to like write down my thought process with a pass. So, I tried to keep it simple. So, here we go, everybody. So, my first process is if I'm catching them coming out of a corner, like if I just happen to get a better run out of a corner going down the straightaway. I'm going to try and take that speed that I have and the draft that I have, if the straightaway is long enough and the speeds are high enough, which you can draft at anything. I take that speed and that momentum and I swing it. I mean, you okay, don't swing it like like last minute, but swing it where you're trying to get the most amount of draft and the most amount of momentum to go out by them. And then... I don't hmm. give them space. Don't don't suck right up to their side. Give them space because we're not there yet in our driving careers. The other guys, if you I'm not even going to say
0: that. Yeah, we'll we'll do an advanced seminar later. But rookie, Ryan, rookie.
1: Okay, so now we're beside him and we're approaching the break zone. We're offline. We're on the inside of the track. Preferably, because we swung to the inside of him for the next corner. So use the track map or the track geography to your advantage for the next corner. So we're on the inside. So we have to break earlier because we are offline and we're out of basically the grip. So break earlier and you basically have half the track to make the largest radius out of and not hit him so go in there leave just just leave some space you don't have to leave him a car and he doesn't have to leave you a car just leave him some space in case someone goes in there a little too hot and someone gets close just leave him a little space you're trying to get through the corner not die so now we're in the center of the corner we're beside him he hasn't killed us now we're trying to dig out of the corner and this and the miatas you don't really have to worry about this and the grs kind of have to worry about this but throttle application to not spin your tires when digging out of a corner and trying to use your momentum and your line coming out of the track use that to also try and finish the pass and like i said going on corner entry and the center of the corner, leave them space on exit because you're going to be washing out, they're going to be washing out, they're going to be washing out towards the edge of the track which usually has grass, dirt, gravel, debris, marbles, so they might drop a tire off which then might send them into you. So give them space. That people a lot of people die on corner exit in iRacing. racing. Yes. And if you did everything correctly, you will be hopefully past him by the next time you go into the next break zone. What's your, what's your thought process, Paul? (laughs) I'm sorry. That was so much. Just go back and just re-listen to each part if you need to. Like, I'm sorry. My brain is, I tried not to word spit right there.
0: (laughs) I get it. All right. So my thought process is not very far off from Ryan. However, it has not been quite as long for me that I've had to break down the thought process of passing. So this is how, in rookie class, I did it for a very long time. I would catch the driver. I would look ahead. So I know what three or four turns are coming. Because oftentimes, at least for me, I cannot complete a pass in one turn in the slower-powered cars. Most of that came from and something the rookies will probably experience a little bit of tibbidness, worried about, like Ryan said, the death of most iRacers is the corner exit. So, I would always kind of expect it to be a two-turn ordeal. So, we're going to say we're going into a right and then a left, because most tracks are usually one to another. I would do the exact same thing as Ryan. I would assess the turns. I would get the draft. I would try to dive nine times out of ten to the inside. A good example would be, let's say, the two hairpins in Sukuba. Mm, So you would have turn one a little like we're not even going to count that a turn. It's like an S into another hairpin. That's a left turn. A lot of times how I would do it is get to the inside. Like Ryan said, you're going to have to break a little early. Get to power earlier than him. That way he can't roll it on the outside and hang me up. And then I would go into the second turn knowing now he has the advantage on the inside. And I would adjust, and this comes to practice now, guys. You have to be practicing to be able to do this. I would break a hair later than him and basically do a reverse slide job, as Dale Jr. would say. So I would break a hair later so I could get my car in front of him going into the turn, and I could apex a little later and then power on. And then now I have the advantage going into the next set of turns because hopefully within this two-turn ordeal you have cleared your bumper from his bumper and you can just get him directly behind you. And now all you have to worry about is him basically rear-ending you, which you have to worry about no matter what because they're going to be annoyed you past them. So... That is how I kind of attack turns is in a multiple or turns passes is in like a multiple turn ordeal in the slower cars, whereas Ryan, like he said, is much more comfortable and he can usually complete those things in one turn because he can he knows how to threshold break probably a little bit better than you or I and things of that nature. I was not very comfortable with that as a rookie nowadays. I drive more so like Ryan does, but as a rookie, you're probably going to have to make this pass a multiple-turn ordeal, so don't panic as well. So don't freak out that you go going to turn one, you guys are door-to-door, and you have to complete that in turn two. You need to be thinking farther ahead than your opponent, and know you're initiating the turn, you now have the advantage, finish it in the second turn, and don't try to make it a one-turn ordeal. You know you're probably not going to be able to do that, because then you're just going to be slowing down both of y'all, and guy behind you can be a wild card if wreck both of you because he's not thinking straight. So do be mindful of that. Alright. I wanna I wanna
1: I wanna interject here with Paul's Paul's final thing he just said. If you make it a multiple turn ordeal, you're slowing yourself down more instead of making it a one turn pass. Sender button
0: yeah, you don't send it. Oh, Lord, Ryan. No, don't, don't do that, guys. But Ryan does make a point, and that's where becoming more efficient at passing can be an advantage.
1: Yes, because there's not a person behind you that's now catching you and sticking their nose in there and making everything that much more like
0: dangerous. 100%. But I don't expect a rookie to be able to do a one-turn pass every time. So I just want to explain my thought process of like, okay, I may not be able to complete this pass. Be ready for it. Think about the next turn.
1: I think both thought processes are good for rookie because some rookies, as soon as you pull up beside them, they just back off, which makes it a one-turn ordeal. And then some race you and fight you for position. So it could be a two-turn ordeal or however many turns. So I think listening to both and using both, like, use both strategically. So, no matter which, go
0: ahead, Ryan, I'm sorry.
1: Passing can be used to play mind games and throw people off of their, their lines and stuff.
0: Yep. I will add too, no matter which way you go about the pass, whether it's a one-turn ordeal, two-turn ordeal, commit to the entry of both turns. Don't second guess yourself whichever way you go once you've committed to however you're going to attempt this stick with it because all you're going to do is either confuse the guy next to you and you're both going to wreck or you're going to spin out because you question your breaking or whatever the case may be so make sure when you commit to the pass you are for better or worse going to attempt this pass
1: and worst case is you wreck them you say i'm sorry dude i thought i could make it he gets mad at you possibly cusses you out you both move on about your day problem
0: solved it's a video game it's the internet once again i've said that already am <laughs> yeah. gonna say it again it's gonna happen
1: so try things it's there's no real big deal in when you're starting out like just try it everybody knows you're you're a rookie or very new to this so uh, we don't care
0: also understanding the size of your car no matter what car you're driving. Just know kind mm. of where the edges of your car are no matter what pass or just just racing in general, know the size of your car.
1: That's good. I never thought space.
0: of that. Yeah, and give space too. Like Ryan said, space for Jesus. When you especially in the, the two turn deal when you're coming from the outside, make sure you don't just just drag your nose right into their fender and kill them because that's just bad. Like you got to make sure you're clear through chief comes in handy once again for this because he will call out clear when you are clear.
1: So now we've talked about passing and you've you've probably passed a couple of people by now. We'll say it's what two to go. So yeah, what are you thinking with two to go? What's your thought process? What do you what do we what do we think of Paul?
0: So in most races, there's two scenarios that you're in with these situations and there's an occasional third that we're not going to go into for a rookie race right now but two scenarios you're in what we call the bubble so you've got a let's just say three second gap between you behind you and three second gap for the guy in front of you you're in the bubble you're not going to be able to do much just finish your race maybe back down from nine tenths to eight tenths so the guy behind you doesn't catch you and just finish out your race get no more incidents That's your finish. Good job. Scenario two is a little bit more chaotic. You're let's say you're within striking distance. You've got you want to say eight tenths, Ryan, to a second away from the from the guy in front of you?
1: Um we'll say in this case,
0: seven tenths. Okay, so you're seven tenths with a draft heavy track. So well, can...
1: well, no, we're, we're speaking in terms of rookies. Rookies really don't run on very big tracks, so I think a three-quarter second, probably to a second, is... Mm. Is that doable? I think mm, that's maybe doable for a rookie.
0: For the argument, we're going to say it's doable. Okay. I always keep in mind, hey, it's time to what we call turn on the burners. So don't do anything that is going to cause you to spin out, but I do attack it more so in a qualifying state of mind. I'm not really worried about tire wear at this point. I'm not really worried about fuel. None of that. My brain is 100% on hit my marks, kill this lap. I'm going for the best possible, safest lap I can run um, to catch that guy in front of me to get this last position. Now, don't go for the last position and wreck yourself out. That's ridiculous. But, you know, it is a race. You're trying to get every position. That's within striking distance. Go for it, right? With three to go. Do you understand? I mean, Ryan, would you agree with me? Attitudes change very heavily in the last two two to three laps.
1: The last two to three laps, usually safety and any regards of safety, go out the window. So be prepared and... Drive accordingly, I would say. So, don't put your to... elbows all the way out, but like, put your elbows out a little bit and defend yourself if you have to. But don't be don't don't be pressing anything if if you don't have to. If it'll kill you, one posi- I would rather stay in my position than wreck myself trying to gain one more position.
0: Yeah, that's one hundred percent what I was trying to get out here. Survive, you, survive. Yes, yeah, to finish first, one must finish. So. We would say, you know, you're catching the guy. Their attitude's going to change, like Ryan said. Usually safety kind of goes out the window at this point for a lot of guys, especially in rookie class. They just want to hold that position because they've been in it this whole time, let's say. Know there's going to be less grace and less forgiveness and less room given. So you bump somebody, they're probably going to be more annoyed with you, even if it's an accident. They're probably going to squeeze you a little bit more in turns. Don't do anything that's going to, like Ryan said, wreck you out. If they're being that defensive, like they're swerving down the front straight so you can't get to the inside. Just let them have
1: it, dude.
0: Literally, just give <laughs> like, them the position.
1: You saying that made my blood boil instantly.
0: <laughs> it, just, it just stay
1: behind them. Don't do not do like me. Don't press the subject and then kill both of you because I don't personally like when people swerve down straightaways and stuff. I don't care. Like, I understand pro drivers do it, but, like, I personally don't like that stuff. And so, I drive people who drive like that harder than I do others. So, don't press the subject like me. Do as I say, not as I do. (laughs)
0: Like Ryan said, in a rookie race, it's probably wise to back off. Or... Actually, no. I'm not even going to give this recommendation. I was about to give you a little masterclass <laughs> on how how we we uh, handle those situations, but we're not going to do that today because you are a rookie. We will um, never
1: ever touch on said subjects ever. We are good people here.
0: <laughs> yeah, we won't tell you how to deal with these types. We are but, only good noodles. Yes, only good noodles here. <laughs> give me my gold star. Yes. But. Um, but be um be very mindful that if you see someone being that desperate to hold whatever position this may be, it's not even worth it. Just let them have it. Blocks will happen. They're of course going to try to defend their position, but what we're talking about is like erratic behavior. The the quintessential, this guy will put you in a tire wall to keep this position. So yeah, like pulling in front guy. of
1: you in a brake zone. Don't do that. I killed a guy in the 24. Pull it in front of me. It's like, what are we doing here, guy? You can't block me and then move in front of me in the braking zone. I'm going to kill you.
0: <laughs> yeah, not even intentional. Like, we were braking with the thought of trying to complete a pass, and now you just throw your car in front of me. There's... I literally have no time to react. Yeah, there's nothing you can do in that situation. So also no. vice versa, if you're the, the guy that's within the striking zone of the car behind you, don't be doing any of that crazy stuff too. Don't be cutting down in front of them through the middle of a turn, parking it on an apex. Because all that's going to do is end up with your back bumper and the front bumper, and probably you turn backwards on a track.
1: Correct. But also uh, don't don't just let them buy scot-free. Like give them... Give him a little give bit him a fight. Give him a little fight. You can, you have half the track. So you, if you can like scooch him down the track to his half of the track, you can, off, you can screw up his line and you can use your forethought of passing. Hey, we've now both moved way offline. I have to break earlier to not die. And if you break yep. earlier, you go into the corner slower so you have more time to react to stuff too. So you can use, you can mess with them like that too and you're not really doing anything but be mindful don't move over too much and kill yourself and them
0: yeah right this is where racecraft gets developed is you guys being able to do things like this and and not being afraid of messing with your lines and defending you learn the most i would almost argue as a rookie in the last two to three laps than you do through the the front half of a race so and those because that's when everyone's like real desperate so Keep that in mind when you're racing. Another thing I would mention, once again, it comes back to doing practice and thinking about the corners ahead. You can. There's two ways, even defending and attacking. You can bait someone into a poorly planned pass that you can then take advantage of them in the following turn, where you get the advantage. I do that a lot to give myself gap to finish my lap. Or you can bait the guy you're attacking by taking the poorly planned line through the first half and getting into power early so breaking early getting into power early so then you have the better advantage going into the next turn. so this is racecraft it's not too terribly advanced when you say it but when it is applied there's a lot of room a lot of room for mistakes here guys so don't be upset if it doesn't work out the first few times you try this but We're going to give you the information, kind of give you an idea of where you need to be thinking, what you need to be thinking about. I know it's very rudimentary, but at least we said it right.
1: Also, if you can have a buddy that's similar in, we'll say skill. We'll say, yeah, we'll say skill. So if if you can find a buddy that's similar in skill that wants to run with you, go out together and practice and run laps together like it's the last, just... Just drive each other extremely hard and learn your limits as a driver and learn and he'll learn his limits. So when you go into these situations, you're not thinking, oh, this is the first time I've done this. I've only because you've only done it in practice a handful of times, passing a handful of people. Or get on the mic and say, hey, will someone go out with me and run a couple laps? I'm a rookie. I want to learn racecraft. Like. If someone said that to me in a lobby, I would jump on it instantly because I love racecraft and teaching someone how to drive hard with their elbows out, but still keep everything clean. That's the best racing I can think of. So, like, just go out there and see if, and just work with somebody and and drive them hard. Me and Paul do it all the time.
0: Yep, I roughed Paul say... up for a year. <laughs> oh yeah, it was pretty rough, <laughs> but the most important part of why we do this podcast guys is to give you guys advice so that you can become really good drivers and we can meet you guys out on the racetrack and you don't feel lost we're not getting frustrated with you you're not getting frustrated with us because there's no better feeling than i mean i've had second place finishes that i have felt like were better than wins because it was just a true race of racecraft and that's the best feeling in the best part of sim racing to me is that ability to compete even if you win or lose and it end up like both of y'all crossing the finish line it's an incredible feeling and Um, and that's
1: where like respect like we talked about respect earlier in episodes that's where when running with rookies we'll say daytona because that's where they're running this week the 500's coming up like when you're at daytona and you're coming to the you're coming to the checkered and there's a guy on your, like on your inside quarter panel and he turns you, that man doesn't respect himself. So don't be mad that you lost to a person who doesn't have respect. Like, yeah, it's going to suck. But when you get into lobbies where people respect the finish and respect, not wrecking you, even finishing second and not being wrecked racing like that, like Paul said, it, it's what brings me back every time like it It is it is such an addiction i I can't break it
0: i some of the best races i've I've ever had i i did win unfortunately but i i vividly remember those better than probably half the wins i had last year just because that true like Ryan, ryan said like addictive adrenaline rush from that was incredible but for the sake of uh Of this podcast and episode. Let's say you're finishing out your race. You're on the white flag. You did or did not complete that pass. There are a couple things to do. After you take the white flag. And then the checkered. One. Ryan. Alright
1: so. This is kind of like. Me being a coach to y'all. And also like. Some instructions. The first half of this is going to be instructional. The second half is going to be like. Proud of y'all for doing this. Alright so. The first thing. I want everyone to do when they go across the line is one, watch out for everybody slowing down. That slows down right after the finish. Watch out for the cars that go off track after after the finish. Watch out for the cars behind you that are trying to destroy you after the finish. Watch out for the leaders that are doing donuts in the runoff after the finish. Once you've gotten that, finish your lap. You don't have to do a complete... I mean, you don't have to do like a full speed lap. You can just run fifth gear just all the way around back to the pits. One, that will gain you safety rating. And two, that will let you mentally relax. You can relax your muscles. You can relax your, your posture. And you can just decompress. Think about how you did. Did you have fun? If you had fun... Do you want to do another race? You think about things like that? Look at your finish. Look at other finishes from people behind you. You can look at times. You can look at your leaderboards. You can look at all everything like that. This is a cool down lap. So go all the way back to the pits and then get out of the car in the pits. That will, like I said, gain you safety rating and you just get one more extra lap of seat time. That never hurts anybody. You don't have to drive hundred. You don't have to drive 10 tenths. You can still drive 5 tenths and still run your line. You're just not going as fast. You can always practice.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I would also add on top of that, uh, like Ryan said, when they, when they come to the end, there's always that guy that stops in the blind end of turn one. So just, just look out for that guy. He's always there. It doesn't matter how seasoned you are. You always have that guy. Just look out for him. That's my big takeaway uh whenever you've completed that and also give yourself a pat on the back you just completed your first race hopefully so you made job. some
1: passes hopefully you gained some positions hopefully you learned something about racecraft hopefully you learned something about passing and blocking and racing like i hope this experience was like just a mind opener and like you just got to test everything and soak everything in that's the fun part of racing is being able to assess yourself and then change certain things and go practice it and see a direct change. Like you get a direct real time feel on how your change made the car either faster or slower.
0: Racing is a four wheel chess, guys is what Ryan's getting at. It's very mental and I love the mental side of it. That's the best part. And uh also don't be upset if it takes three or four attempts to uh complete your first race. Like we said, turn 1 is lap 1 is a killer. So if you listen exactly. to this before you you ever do your first race, remember those words, and the the ones that have attempted a couple times and still haven't completed their first race. This is for you, buddy. You'll get it one of these times.
1: All right, so one the one main question that ultimately reign supreme is was that race fun if it was do you want to do another one if you do the next podcast will be on everything that we do from basically exiting the sim to the next session like we're going to go over our mindset how we analyze ourselves that's i'm going to try not to nerd out about that because i was going over the yeah. script while at work today nerding out over it so the next episode will also be full of information
0: yeah but uh, honestly that from here on out there's going to be a lot of actual useful tips for anybody of any level but correct we are still going to gear it towards rookies guys um because that's who we are trying to help because we know that's the hardest part of getting into sim is one getting hooked on it to being able to sustain it and not hit that plateau that just frustrates you so that's kind of what we're going to focus on in the next podcast is analyzing your data do you want to race again how many races should you realistically do before you burn yourself out i mean these are things that we've learned over time that we kind of want to touch on like
1: the next episodes Mm. chef's kiss
0: so get ready. But with that, I think this ra- this one's over, the one on your first race. So good job, guys. Um, I'm going to say race hard, race smart, and have a good night.
1: Thanks, everybody. I'm proud of you for finishing your first race, proud of you for making your passes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Later.